0: I've got the victory living inside of me. i got the greater war I can not overcome. This ain't no time to turn back, no place to cross back. i got to keep pressing on till every battle is won. Good morning, class. Hi, I'm Keith Moore. We welcome you to Faith School. Faith School is the place where my spirit is fed, where my faith grows stronger, and where I learn how to be an overcomer. 1 Corinthians 10, 13, that we've been looking at as as part of our text, it says uh, that the Lord won't allow any test or trial above what you're able to deal with, he will always make a way of escape. There is a way out. There's a way through. There's a way over. There's a way to victory. So when it seems helpless and hopeless, uh, that perception is wrong. There is a way out. Everybody say it out loud. There is is. a way through. through. There's There's a way out. There's a way to win. A way, to a way to overcome, and if we look at the right things, it'll allow God to show us that way. If you're just fixated on the problem, then that's how you uh, uh, you crash. You know, as as a, I'm a pilot, and and they teach you about not fixating on uh, say a, a bad instrument or something. You know, you're Uh, You're used to relying on certain things. But when you realize uh, something's wrong, something's wrong, you're not supposed to just go, oh, no, there's something wrong. (laughs) Look how wrong it is. It is so wrong. Yeah, that's how you go. (laughs) You've got to go, okay, we know that's wrong. And sometimes they'll even put a cover over it. So to keep you from, because your eyes will tend to want to go back, cover it over. Why? Why? That's bad information. We don't need to be looking at that anymore. What do we need to do? Don't figure out what's wrong. What's right? Okay, motor's still running. That's a good thing. All right? Wings are still attached. Yay. (laughs) Right? Because we we still got everything we need to make it on in home. Right? Well, uh, the enemy will try to get you to fixate on a broken something on a problem something and he knows if he can just get you to fixate on that and that's all you think about and that's all you listen to and that's all you talk about, you will completely ignore your deliverance and your help from God. And, and if you focus on it long enough, you will just spiral down and, and go all the way down. But no, you have to say, well, okay, I see that. I know it. Cover it up. <laughs> I'm not pretending it's not there. I just I gotta quit looking at it. I gotta quit looking at it and and look up. You know the Bible said when the uh, when Jesus was ministering at the house, and four men brought their paralyzed friend, and. Uh, they couldn't find out how to get in the house. I mean, the place was packed out. There was no room inside. They couldn't even get around the door. And so they looked here. They couldn't get in. They looked there. They couldn't get in. They look, finally, they, they looked up. <laughs> and they thought, well, ain't nobody on top of the house. And they found their way in. And isn't that such a, a graphical picture? You've looked all around you. Now look up. Yeah. Is that right? Somebody say, look up, look up, look up. And that's talking about look look up out of all the junk down here. Look up to God's answer, and He will show you. Mm-hmm. Father, all of us agree together is touching this. Asking you for the anointing. Asking you for grace and help, direction and guidance, answers for right now. And we know they're here. We know they're here in your word. We know they're here by your spirit. And we thank you for giving us ears to hear it. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Look please again in Psalm 95, which is where our text in Hebrews 3 was quoting from. When he said Psalm 95 in verse 8, Harden not your heart, as in the provocation, as in the day of temptation in the wilderness. Now this is this number six incident that we're studying. It was called uh, the, the place of both strife and the place of temptation. Striving and testing. And that's what he's referring to. He, he said, when they, uh, they tempted me, he said earlier, the, the provocation and temptation, your fathers tempted me and proved me and saw my work. Forty years long was I grieved with this generation. I said, it's a people that do err in their heart and they have not known my ways. And we see verse 11 that, that kept them out of what he wanted to do for them. We saw in Psalm 78, it limited what he wanted to do for them. Now, there's a lot of people who just don't believe that. They keep talking about, well, God is omnipotent. And God is all-knowing and all-sovereign. And what they what they're trying to say then is that Nothing happens except it was his will. And if it was his will for them to go into the promised land, they would have gone in. Because he's able to make them go in. He has the power to do it. Well, he has the power to do it, but the moment you take away somebody's choice and will and you force them to do something... Is that the character of God? Is that the nature of God? And is that what he made human beings to be? No, see, that's that's changing everything. God really gave us a free will. Because without it, we could not give him real love or real faith or real loyalty or, or any of these things. Unless you had a choice to do something else. It means nothing. And he does have the power. He's got all power. But if he overrode our will and and just, you know what? Took our minds over and forced us to think something, else, then we're no longer a human being. We're something else. Huh? We're some type of organic machine <laughs> that's being controlled. That's not what's happening. God really did and does and has given us a free will. You can choose to believe him or not. If you choose to believe him and listen to him, it'll please him. If you choose to ignore him and reject him and doubt him, it'll grieve him. It'll displease him, as we've been reading. So it's not all up to God. So much of it is up to us. I know a lot of folks don't believe it, but spend some time in this book (laughs) with an open mind, and you'll see what we're talking about. Why would he say, don't harden your heart if he's just going to fix it anyway? Right? Huh? Why, why bother with all these exhortations and all, even these requests? And sometimes uh, you hear in the voice of God, he said, all oh, that my people would listen to me. Well, God, can't you do something about it? Not and you still be a free will human being. Not in him still be who he is. If he was the kind of being who would just force you to do what he wanted against your will, how would he be that much different from the devil himself? That's who he is. The devil is a forcer, a manipulator, a controller, a destroyer. Not God. I said not God. That's not him. Not him at all. He's a good God. He's a gracious God. And one of the greatest things about this whole plan of redemption, if you realize it, it should cause you to love him with all your heart. What do you mean? He owns us at least three times over. (laughs) What do you mean? Well, human beings wouldn't exist without him creating them, right? He created our parents, Adam and Eve. He created what our bodies are created out of, the soil, right? The ground. There, we take it for granted, but there's some pretty precious materials in there. (laughs) That's what we're made out of, our bodies. And the part you can't see is out of his own breath, Genesis called it, out of his own spirit, our spirit is created. But, so he owns us by right of creation. If you made something, huh? you paid for it, you, you, you created the materials it's made out of, and then you made it. Well, it's yours, yes. right? But then mankind lost themselves by choosing to ignore him and disobey him, listen to his enemy, the devil, and yield to him, and the wages of sin is death... And man has died. Now, the second one I didn't mention is that not only did he make us, he sustains us every millisecond. Is that right? If he cut off his power for gravity, that'd be a problem for us. Is that right? We'd fly off the face of the planet, be frozen in space, be a bad deal. What am I talking about? We breathe his air. Take another breath. You didn't create air. Who made air? See, we got these people with initials after their name that don't believe in God that try to tell us it it, it created itself. Really? You were there? No. (laughs) There was a big bang. I don't doubt that there was a big bang when God said, Light! Be! (laughs) Uh, All kind of stuff probably happened. But to say it just sprang into existence from what? On its own? That's not science. That's a stupid belief. I said that's not science. There's no proof that anything, anywhere, ever, self-created, sprang into existence by its own. What do you mean by its own? Where was it before that? Where did it get the idea to create itself before it was created, and where did it find the means to do it? This is stupidity. This is ignorance, and it's all because of an effort to say, "I'm not beholding to any superior being. I'm, you know, we pulled ourselves up by our own bootstraps, you know, and we brought ourselves to this great place where we are." Mm. No, no, he owns us by right of creation. He owns us by right of sustaining. He sustains us every moment are we at all just, our molecules would fly apart. Literally. Without His power. The Bible said all things are upheld by the word of His power. That's what, you know, people who study the smallest part of physics, uh, you know, the the atoms and, and all these things, there's this question about what keeps them together? What, what holds them? What makes them cohesive? How does a, the tiny part of your body, a cell, how does it stay together? How do things stay in rotation? This is electromagnetic power. Electromagnetic. Okay, well, where did that come from? What? God. I said God. Believe it or not, still true. God, God, and without that, we couldn't exist. So that's two ways. He owns us. And then, after we had lost ourselves, because all have sinned and come short of the glory of God, and the wages of sin is death. After that, Jesus came, who needed no salvation for himself, who had not sinned, had no judgment was due him, but he took. All of our sin, all of our judgment, he paid the price and he redeemed us. Everybody say redeemed. Redeemed. That means, uh, that's a purchase. He bought us. It's like buying a slave with money and then setting them free. That's redemption. And we were lost and didn't own ourselves, But he bought us. I said he bought us. He paid for us completely. And then, after he owns us by right of creation, he owns us by right of sustaining every millisecond, he owns us a third time by right of redemption, then he says, I've got the keys. Now you don't belong to the, the sin and death. Here, serve me if you want to. Hallelujah. That ought to make you love him. Is that right? Huh? Serve me if you want to. If you got one brain cell in your head, <laughs> just, just one, <laughs> you would go, oh, yes. Yes, I will. Yes, I will gladly. Huh? Yeah. Gladly. Why? For your pleasure, I am created. And like the master said, I delight to do your will. Not, not just I'll, I'll do it. No, I delight. To do your will, O God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, we need to remind ourselves frequently who our God is, what He is. He is so big, He is so mighty, and He is so good. So why in the world do we ever get attitude with Him? Hardening your heart. Stiffening your neck. Why would we do such a thing? Well, that's what the scripture keeps warning us. Don't do it. Which proves, thank God, we don't have to do it. Go to Exodus again, please. 17th chapter. Exodus 17, when the children of Israel came in their journey to to Rephidim, there was no water for the people to drink. Now, we know from studying 1 Corinthians 10, talking about these things, it said uh, uh, that they all... Ate the same spiritual food, they all drank the same spiritual drink, and they drank of that rock that accompanied them. And 1 Corinthians 10 says, That rock was Christ. Everybody said out loud, That rock, that rock. Was, Christ. was Christ. And so we're going to see here in this passage that. Uh, you know, the Lord told when they're crying out for water, and then Moses cried out to the Lord, Lord, what am I going to do? These people are about to stone me. And the Lord told him, go to this rock, and I'm going to be there. And, and smite the rock with that rod. And he, he gave the people waters to drink. And if you read the other accounts in the Psalms, this is not some little bubble out of the rock. It said streams came down and there were rivers. Well, now you've got to remember there's some two million people plus all their livestock, and we have reason to believe that they had water for some time after this at this place, not just for an afternoon. So, this, this is millions and millions of gallons. Of water. This is, this is a river, rivers, streams flowing. And we're told that rock was Christ. Hallelujah. Look with me in the book of John, the seventh chapter, John chapter seven, because on the last day of the feast, that great day of the feast, the scripture said, verse 37, Jesus stood up and cried out. If any man thirst, do what? Let him come to me and drink. Hallelujah. Every soul on this planet is thirsty. And that's that's what you'll see why there's so many addictions and there's so many obsessions. Is because there is a, a, a hunger and a thirst that's not natural. It's not physical. It's spiritual. And you can try to satiate it and satisfy it with some natural thing, and it may dull your senses and put you in a stupor for a little while. But when you wake up or sober up or or, or clear up, it's still there. Which is why uh a few drinks was enough. Yesterday, but you need more today, and, in, by, and by the next week, it'll be twice as much or the why? Because the eyes of man can't be satisfied, and, and this pull of the flesh trying to satisfy a soulical thing, a spiritual thing, it can't reach that. It's only going into your stomach and into your lungs and into your bloodstream. It's, it's not getting into your spirit. and so your spirit's still thirsty. And it's also why people, you know, they, uh, even when they're not believers, they reach out for something else. Some other false religion. And it's why so many of them are so pitifully gullible and will believe some of the most bizarre things. Why? Because something inside them is going, I'm thirsty. I'm thirsty. Oh, but there's only one way to quench that thirst. Hallelujah. It's that rock. I said, it's that rock that accompanied them way back then. And what a picture it is when the rock was smitten. And then out of it starts coming waters. And then not just water, streams of water and rivers of water. Hallelujah. Was Jesus smitten, stricken, smitten, afflicted? He was hit. He was struck with judgment, but out of it came the living waters. Hallelujah. That'll satisfy every soul on the planet. If you will come to him and drink. Oh, somebody say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Lord. He said, if any man thirst. Don't you like that? Any, any man. I don't care where you're from, what your background is. If any man thirst, let him come to me and drink. And he that believes on me, oh man, is believing important or is it important? I mean, you can't drink without believing. That's how you drink. He that believes on me, as the scripture has said, out of his belly. Now that's not talking about your stomach, but the inner core of your being. Out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. See, that's, uh, that was portrayed by what happened back here in Rephidim. And it, it happened again later. And you know, Moses, well, I'm getting ahead a little bit, but Moses got in trouble later because he hit the rock again. <laughs> and the Lord had told him only to speak to it that time. Why? Because Why? Christ was only struck once. He died once. Is that right? He paid the price once. Why, why not again? Nothing else will ever need to be done. Because it has been done and completed. When he said it is finished. It is done. There's no more striking Christ again. That's why Moses missed it. And that's why it was a big mistake. And that's why he got to not go into promised land. But... um. This he spoke of the, of the Spirit, which they that believe on him should receive, for the Holy Spirit was not yet given, because Jesus was not yet glorified. The Spirit is typified by water. And we, uh, even in the natural, you cannot live without water. They tell us m- much of our body is made up of water. And you, you have to have this. And there are things and qualities about water we have not even discovered yet. And you know, even with our most advanced telescopes and satellites and all the things that we've done, one of the big things they're looking for is water. Mm -hmm. Why? Because no water, no life. (laughs) And we had not found what we're looking for. That's because God has, uh, He's already set the boundaries of our habitation at this moment. So... Uh, we had we had we've hardly been able to get out of our backyard, <laughs> and and that's okay. That, that's, a lot of that's for later. We're not ready for all of that yet. Because the big lessons you got to learn to deal with that is faith. Hmm? God created all of that. Hebrews 11 tells us by faith. He created, he spoke the worlds into existence. That's how it happened. And what is he telling us? You know, as dear children, be imitators of God. And that's why the Lord is telling us things like if you would even say to that mountain, Be removed, be cast in the sea, shall not doubt in your heart, but believe that what you say comes to pass, you will have what you say. What, What is that? That is primer faith 101 huh? (laughs) for God's little children. That's not a figure of speech. That's because we are such baby babies compared to Him. But He's endeavoring to teach us, okay, rule one, you believe it in your heart. Say it with your mouth. Expect it to come to pass. Now, the unbelieving scholars and whatever, they can scoff and mock all they want. But the planet they're standing on, that's how it came into existence. They're, they're breathing. That's how, that's how it happened. And in time to come, God's going to call on that. He's got big, big plans. He's a big God. He's got big plans. He needs a lot of people he can trust that trust him, that learn, have learned his ways and have to begin to develop in how he does things, and faith is how he does things. Can you say Amen? amen. You might say, Well, uh, you know, I, well, well, what about right now? Glad you asked. Right now, like James says, you should be using your words like the rudder on a ship, like the the reins on a horse. We'd say like the steering wheel on a car. What to steer your own life. Huh? You should be using faith-filled words instead of going, oh, I don't know what we're going to do. Oh, I can't take another day. That's not going to get you anywhere. You need to begin to say by faith, no matter how bad it feels, I'm coming out of this. In Jesus' name, he's showing me the way. I call every bill paid. I call every need met. Body, I'm talking to you. Be healed. I call my kidneys cleansed. I call my lungs clear. I call my joints healed. You can be, should be using your words right now on these things, which would be compared to the cosmos, tiny things, but it's where we are. And when you use your faith where you are, it develops, it grows. And after a whole lifetime of this, you're ready for level two. (laughs) <laughs> you're ready for for the next big lessons. The Lord says, okay, you've been practicing that on the earth, I see, for 70, 80 years. Good job, good job. Now, let me show you what that was training for. And you're gonna go, oh wow. And our time's up again today. <laughs> Everybody said out loud, I live by faith, I walk by faith. I overcome this world. By faith, I am strong in faith, giving glory to God. Hallelujah. Well, there's going to be a lot more to see. We're on number six in our study. We still got, you know, uh, seven, eight, nine of the ten. And then, hadn't said much about it, but there's five more after the ten. So we still got some material. We're not going to run out real soon. Of course, you know, and that's just on this subject. I'm going to understand there's a lot of material here in this this book. We got, we're we're set for the rest of our life on material. So uh, come back next time and tomorrow and and next week. Go back and get the previous lessons if you haven't had those. And put that faith into work, into practice. Get your words working for you today. Love you, believing with you. We'll see you back here soon in faith school.